Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome along to La Liga Lowdown. I'm your host, Drew McTeer, and in this episode, we're going to be looking back on the Real Madrid years in the career of David Beckham. The English winger arrived in Madrid at the height of the Galacticos era. He was the ultimate Galactico in a way, the mix of ready-made superstar and celebrity. And he was good for Real Madrid, loved by his Galactico teammates too, something we'll get into a little later on as we hear from various different contributors. But first, we'll discuss just how highly rated Beckham was when the summer of 2003 came along. Here's Sheringham. Beckham! What a goal! This is Beckham. Terrific run by David Beckham! And Beckham saw Sullivan off his line! Oh! That is absolutely phenomenal! Beckham could raise the roof here with a goal. I don't believe it. David Beckham scores the goal to take England all the way to the World Cup finals. The 2002-2003 season hadn't been Beckham's best in a Manchester United shirt. There had been a fallen out with Alex Ferguson and Beckham's game time had decreased. But he was still one of the very best rated players in the world. After coming through the club's academy and after a loan spell at Preston North End, He'd gone on to take on Manchester United's legendary number 7 shirt to form part of the treble winning team in 1999, to finish as runner-up in the Ballon d'Or voting once, and to finish fourth on another occasion, and to redeem himself in an England shirt and become his country's captain. While 2002-2003 wasn't his best year, he did score in his final two appearances in red as Manchester United won the Premier League title that year. But it was time for Beckham to move on and to explore the continent. David Beckham was initially supposed to join Barcelona, where presidential candidate Joan Laporta had based his election campaign at the Camp Nou on the promise to bring the Englishman in. He even announced there was a deal in place. Tinc el plaer d'anunciar-vos que el Manchester United ha decidit anunciar l'acord 
entre el Manchester United y la candidatura que tiene el honor de encapsular. Para el traspas del jugador David Beckham al Football Club Barcelona. As Laporta said in that clip, it's my pleasure to announce to you that Manchester United have an agreement in place with the candidacy group I'm proud to lead for the transfer of the player David Beckham to Barcelona. At Real Madrid, meanwhile, Florentino Perez even said in the April of 2003 that Beckham would never play for Real Madrid. Yet, in the end, it was at the Bernabeu that Beckham ended up. Here's the audio from his presentation in the Spanish capital. Senor Di Stefano, Senor Perez, ladies and gentlemen. I have always loved football. A mí siempre me ha gustado el fútbol. Of course, I love my family. Por supuesto, quiero a mi familia. I have a wonderful life. De, y tengo una vida maravillosa. But football is everything to me. Pero el fútbol es todo para mí. And joining Real Madrid is a dream come true. Y formar parte del Real Madrid es un sueño hecho realidad. So I'd just like to say thank you to everyone for coming and uh, joining me in my arrival. And uh, gracias. A la Madrid. Joan Laporta won the Barcelona elections anyway and was able to bring in Ronaldinho to appease his club's fans and Manchester United used some of their Beckham money to bring in a young skinny kid from Portugal called Cristiano Ronaldo or something like that. So everybody won. Real Madrid had brought Beckham in to Spain's capital and now to tell us the story of how his life as a Real Madrid player started off, here's Roman de Arquer. David Beckham arrived in the 2003-2004 season at Real Madrid to complete the Galactico lineup. Having him next to other players such as Zidane, Figo, Ronaldo, Roberto Carlos or Raul was a dream come true for many merengues, and particularly for Florentino Pérez, who was convinced that his team would be invincible. Although many fans weren't quite sure what to expect from the English player, they knew about his talented ability in set pieces and his many years at shining at Manchester United, but they probably knew more about his private life since he'd become a worldwide icon for his looks rather than his quality on the field. But he quickly proved doubters wrong, with consistent performances on the pitch and a couple of goals towards the start. Firstly, in the second leg of the Spanish Super Cup final against Mallorca, winning his first and almost only title at the club, and then in the first league match against Real Betis after just two minutes. Beckham was arriving por la puerta grande as we say in Spanish, which would translate as making a grand entrance. A factor that helped him with this quick adaptation was surely Carlos Queiroz, who had already worked closely with Beckham when both were at Manchester United under Sir Alex Ferguson's command. This eased Beckham's integration in terms of the language, as Queiroz was perfectly capable of speaking English and in terms of understanding what the player could provide to the team. But at the same time there was a small setback in terms of Beckham's positioning on the field. At United he was used to playing as a right midfielder, but at the Bernabeu Luis Figo was the main man in that position. And in the middle, at first Claude Makelele had that spot covered. So where was Beckham to play? The affected player in the end was the Frenchman Makelele. Queiroz would admit years later that despite wanting him on his team, the club would decide to sell him in order to be able to accommodate David Beckham in that central midfield position, with Zidane and Figo flanking him on the sides. 
And it was working. Madrid were getting the good results and it all seemed to play out as planned by Florentino. Furthermore, Beckham developed a positive relationship with the other Galacticos like Figo, but in particular the Brazilians such as Roberto Carlos. The superstars had managed to control their egos and stay united among each other. But it began to get complicated for Queiroz to keep the team on track. As Roberto Carlos confessed at the end of 2019, the players had a lot of power at the time. It would be very common for them to take private planes after the games to get on with their personal things, despite having training sessions a day or two after. Of course, Beckham was among those players that kept a busy personal life, and he'd often travel for commercial purposes, other projects he was working on, or simply to visit his family back in the UK. On the long term, this definitely had a negative impact, and as a matter of fact, the hopes of a desired treble would start to dissolve towards the last quarter of the season. On match day 28, Real Madrid drew 1-1 against Zaragoza, but were still league leaders with 61 points, 4 more than Valencia and 9 more than Barca. Quite a comfortable gap. But four days later, they were to play against Zaragoza again, this time in the Copa del Rey final. From there on, the season would go from bad to worse. As we explained in our pod on Zaragoza's greatest titles, they unexpectedly took the win with a final score of 3-2. David Beckham was crucial in putting Madrid ahead, but they just couldn't defeat a sturdy Zaragoza. Then came the blow in the Champions League quarterfinals, where Beckham was quite questioned. Real Madrid won 4-2 against Monaco in the first leg, but toward the end, he clearly forced the yellow card so to make the away game, which would prove fatal. Was he underestimating the French team or did he have personal matters to attend to? In any case, Monaco won 3-1, eliminating the Galacticos with Morientes scoring in the home and away game, a player who'd been sold the same summer without Kedov's knowledge. And finally, Madrid's league hope also came to nothing. Since that defeat against Monaco, they only managed one win in seven games in the league, the other six being defeats. Not only did they let the league title slip, they dropped down all the way to fourth position. Not the incredible season Beckham and all the other Madrid fans had hoped for putting together so many top-class players. And it wouldn't get much better in the 2004-2005 season either. With Queiroz gone after not achieving the expected results, José Antonio Camacho was appointed manager, but he barely lasted three games and was subbed by his assistant coach Mariano García Ramón, who would also be replaced shortly after by Vanderlei Luxemburgo. At least the appointment of the Brazilian manager would benefit Beckham, who little by little earned more protagonism in his usual position on the right wing, opposed to Figo, who was not completely convincing Luxemburgo. This would help boost Beckham's stats, especially in terms of assists, towards the second half of the 2004-2005 season and the following years. But it just wasn't happening for Real Madrid, who ended up with no titles in Beckham's second year at the club. His chances of winning big trophies in the Spanish side were just getting slimmer. So, not a great first couple of years in Madrid for Beckham, but there was to be a very happy ending before he would move on. To hear about that, we've got Paco Pollock coming up. That's to come in part two, after this short break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown episode about David Beckham and his time at Real Madrid. We've heard from Roman about how it didn't all go perfectly in Beckham's first couple of years at the Bernabeu. It wasn't necessarily his fault. There were other issues going on at the club at the time and we're going to hear about them and how they continued and about the end of Beckham's Real Madrid years. All of that coming up with Paco Pollitt. You know, the way power is balanced in football, the success of one club usually means the demise of another. Real Madrid need to fail so that Barca can thrive and vice versa. Unfortunately for David Beckham, his time in Spain coincided with prime Ronaldinho Gaucho, the three or four seasons when the Brazilian was at the top of his game. After winning the 2004-2005 edition of La Liga, Barca were ready for more and decided to keep the Champions League as their top priority, with the culés being consistent in the home competition, other strong teams such as Valencia or Sevilla still posing a threat and others like Osasuna producing possibly the best performances in their history, Real Madrid's path in the 2005-2006 season was far from an easy one. Beckham's arrival happened in a context which was no longer there. The Galacticos age was coming to an end, Luis Figo was sold to Inter in the summer and Zidane would retire at the end of the season after the World Cup in Germany was held. Ronaldo was already slightly overweight to say the least, but still was a reliable scoring machine humming along. Some of Beckham's new teammates were Brazilians Baptista and Robinho, all around crazy forward Casano, and some young guy from Sevilla who played as right back and showed plenty of promise. His name? Sergio Ramos. On the other hand, Michael Owen left the team, leaving only Bex and Jonathan Woodgate as the only British players in the squad. Wanderlei Luxemburgo was still at the helm, but he didn't last too long as he was sacked in matchday 14 after actually beating Getafe 1-0 but delivering an awful display which had the fans in the Bernabeu stadium fuming. It happened only two weeks after Ronaldinho and Barca raided Los Blancos at their own ground, a spectacular display by the Brazilian with two goals that provided us with that iconic shot of Real Madrid fans standing up and applauding the amazing showcase of talent in that 3-0 win against their own team. At that point, Beckham had already racked up five assists and was consistently playing the 90 minutes in 
every single game, both in La Liga and in the Champions League. Actually, his only goal in the European competition that year came against Rosenborg in the group stage, thanks to an excellent trademark free kick. But after Christmas, things spun out of control. Under Castilla's coach, Juan Ramón López Caro, Real held together through January and early February, but then lost everything in a matter of weeks. Arsenal beat them in the last 16 round of the Champions League with Thierry Henry terrorizing Bernabeu in a wild night of football, Florentino Pérez resigned as the president and left the club, and a few draws in quick succession made Real to stumble out of the La Liga title race. Beckham was one of the few reliable players in an overall disappointing season with 31 La Liga games, a whopping 11 assists and 3 goals scored. Florentino's departure meant election would take place, and after a long and public battle between candidates, Ramon Calderón got the upper hand thanks to promises such as the signing of Brazilian superstar Kaká, who wouldn't ultimately land in Real Madrid that season. In exchange, Calderón made a choice of building the new squad from the back and signed Italy's national team captain Fabio Cannavaro and most importantly, Italian sergeant Fabio Capello as the new coach. It was the end for the Galacticos after Zidane retired and Ronaldo left. Bex was the only one remaining in the team. Beckham suffered in this context as Real's playstyle was toughened up and required everyone to run frantically and defend much more than under Luxemburgo or Lopez Caro. Van Nistelrooy was signed for Manchester United, so the midfielder had at least someone he already knew pretty well amongst the rest of the new additions. Even though Barca were the big favourites after winning La Liga and the Champions League a few months earlier, soon the league became a race between both sides to see who would make fewer mistakes in the final rush for the title. I actually was lucky enough to watch Becks live that season in their second game, played in Levante's ground, and it was mesmerizing to see the quality of that right foot while passing the ball from side to side of the pitch with Roberto Carlos during the warm-up without the ball even touching the ground. Capello, however, wasn't a fan of Beckham's playstyle and slowly began benching him more and more. After Christmas, the league turned into a rat race with Van Nistelrooy scoring clutch goals for Los Blancos. Beckham, meanwhile, had to choose his next move carefully. And it didn't take too long. In January 11, 2007, only 10 days after he was free to begin talks with other clubs towards a move in the summer, David Beckham announced he would make a move to LA Galaxy next season. Real Madrid were not happy with this. Ramon Calderón stated that he felt betrayed. Fabio Capello also stated that he would no longer play Beckham that season. While Galaxy's owners began racking up new season tickets for the next year, Beckham didn't complain. He just accepted the manager's choice, went to his executive box game after game and kept his training routine and motivation, waiting for his chance. On March 10th, 2007, Real Madrid's showdown against Barca in Camp Nou delivered an epic 3-3 score with a Leo Messi hat-trick. Even being unable to win, Real really began believing in themselves after that game. Beckham wasn't on the squad list that day and wouldn't be for the next four games. Capello simply didn't trust him, but injuries kept piling up and Capello had to ultimately backtrack. The player returned in grand fashion against Valencia in April, delivering one crucial assist for a 2-1 clutch win against the Bats. He gave another assist against Athletic, and another versus Recreativo, and another against Deportivo. In what would be later called La Liga de las Remontadas, the league of the comebacks, Beckham played as a starter the last four games, and when he left the pitch, injured in the 66th minute against Mallorca in the last game of the season, with the championship about to be won by Real thanks to a certain Tamudazo scored by Espanyol against Barca one week earlier, the whole crowd of the Bernabeu delivered a standing ovation to the Englishman. 
Bueno, pues es David Beckham, el jugador que va a abandonar el terreno de juego y el público lo que va a hacer es ovacionar al jugador del Real Madrid. Salgado le pide que se marche rápido, se marcha cogiendo David Beckham, que se despide como jugador madridista. Tremendamente emocionado David Beckham se va. A few weeks later, Beckham left for LA Galaxy with his job done. He had finally been able to conquer La Liga in his fourth and last season in Spain. That's how superstars are meant to bookend a big chapter in their lives. So David Beckham went out after four years and he went out on a high by winning the most improbable of La Liga titles. Here's what Beckham made of that championship in 2006-2007, speaking after the final whistle of that final game against Mallorca. It couldn't have got any better. It's what we wanted. It's what we set ourselves out to do. And um, winning La Liga is, is a dream for all of us. So, you know, we're happy. It means the same. It means that we've uh, that I've that I've won something in Spain. I've won something in England. Um, it gets better every time. No, it's it's an incredible uh, end to uh, amazing four years. So off he went to LA Galaxy, another huge and happening city. There would be a few more glamour cities along the way for Beckham as he finished up his career. Here's Sam Leverage to tell us more. When David Beckham left Madrid, it was clear that he was off to tick off his bucket list of sensational jet-set places to live. Starting off in LA, it was an incredible start for him. Within the first few months, he'd already made the front cover of Sports Illustrated and the ESPN documentary made about him. Of Red Galaxy it was a success too. They'd made a new sponsorship deal with Herbalife, which was worth $20 million, sold 11,000 new season tickets. And on the pitch in his first two seasons, things went very well. It was definitely a case of slow but sure growth. In January 2009, he joined AC Milan on loan in Serie A in a team that had the likes of Kaká, Ronaldinho, Andrea Birlo, Paolo Maldini, Glancedo, Andrew Shevchenko, some real legends of the game. But this was a Milan in decline. They just missed out on the Champions League and fans weren't happy about it. One of them, Alberto, told BBC Sport, my reaction was that Milan were no longer running a football club. A lot of people really weren't happy about this move for the player who they saw as past it. And in fact, journalist John Foote told the BBC that a lot of journalists have been surprised that Beckham is actually quite good at football. But Beckham did the job. He won over those fans and... In the end, it was the club in Italy who were trying to sign him permanently. And Beckham wanted to make the move ready to be keeping in shape, ready for the World Cup qualifiers that England were competing under Fabio Capello. But the Italian club couldn't meet LA Galaxy's demands of $15 million to sign him. And when he returned to LA, it wasn't the warmest of welcomes. He missed much of that 2009 season through injury. And there were even protests against him. Fans with signs saying, part-time player, go home fraud. And there's a lot of hostility towards Beckham. A year later, he would return to Milan and that would see him go back to Old Trafford as an opposing player for the first time. But that was really the highlight of a struggling spell. He picked up an Achilles injury, which saw him miss the 2010 World Cup and didn't really help him out. The 2010 season, again, was very much one of recovering and missing out, having had that injury in Milan. And in 2011, things started to pick up. LA Galaxy had been growing both on and off the field, and they won their third MLS Cup, the first with Beckham in the side, and it was actually Beckham who provided the assist to Landon Donovan in the final. And it all paid off because Beckham was keen to go on loan to Tottenham that winter. Harry Redknapp even spoke about a potential deal going ahead, but LA Galaxy said no, they wanted him 
for the full season. The next season in 2012 was to be his last. He signed a new contract despite rumours of interest from PSG. And in the end, they retained their MLS Cup, beating the Houston Dynamos again in the 89th minute. Beckham came off to a standing ovation with fans really showing their appreciation for everything that he'd done at the club. He wasn't done quite yet, though. In 2013, he did make the move to PSG. It was on loan from LA Galaxy. He still had a contract there. And he announced that he would retire at the end of that French season, winning the league and seeing it out coming off in some famous scenes with fans in the stands giving him a standing ovation, players hugging him, Beckham crying while wearing the captain's armband. One of those moments which is really iconic in Beckham's career. After that, he took advantage of one of the clauses in his first contract at LA Galaxy, which was from the MLS. It said that if he wanted to at any time, he could buy a franchise within the MLS for $25 million anywhere other than New York. And in 2014, he confirmed that he'd taken it up and in 2018 revealed plans to found the club, Club Internacional de Football Miami, or Internet Miami as it's better known. They played their first match in March, losing to LA Galaxy's rivals as Los Angeles Football Club actually, and it's already been a bright start for Inter Miami. They've got a £118 million sponsorship deal with Qatar, and they've got some bright signings in place, some recognisable names, and they're constantly on all the sports newspapers. So Beckham's career on the pitch may be over, but it certainly looks to have a bright future off it as well. So that's where David Beckham is now. We don't know exactly what the future holds for the player who became so much more than a footballer, but we do know what happened in the past, and what happened when he arrived as a Galactico at Real Madrid. To finish up this episode, let's hear Beckham himself discussing that period and that dressing room with another of the Galacticos, with Brazilian Ronaldo. We heard from Roman earlier on about how Beckham and the Brazilians got on especially well, and here's Beckham and Ronaldo talking on the recent Instagram Live session. To move from Manchester, when I moved from Manchester and I'd been there my whole life, to move from Manchester to Madrid was a was a big move for me. But one of the first people one of the first people that I ever saw was you. When you walked into yeah, the man. into the changing room, you know, it made me feel comfortable to be in the club. But I remember Roberto turning round to me or you turning round to me and saying, uh, we we would always say in the Brazil team that if there was any English player that could play in the Brazilian team it would be you. I never believed you. But thank you. <laughs> why? Why? Well, I never man, believed you. you. I never. Yeah, you should, players, man. Because, because Brazilian players are the best. They're the best players. You know that. You know that. Well, for, for me, and that is the truth, he was one of the best of all time in the center. You know? Thank you. The way, the way you touch the ball, the way you... You could put the ball wherever you want, and and uh, without look at me, I was just moving and the ball came. You know, uh, I, I I should thank you for many balls you gave to me. Yep, so many assists for Ronaldo from Beckham during those years together, and so many special memories. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast where we've looked back on that era. My thanks go out to Roman de Arcaire, to Paco Pollock, and to Sam Leverage for their contributions. I've been your host, Drew McTeer, and thanks a lot for listening.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.